What is up, everyone? Welcome back to A Time Such As This podcast. This is your host, Taylor. Welcome. So happy you're here. Um, I've been kind of jumping around. I know I, I was in the middle, well, not really in the middle, but I was beginning the series of Romans, but this morning, the Lord has something else. Um, he was guiding me this morning in my reading and told me to go to John chapter 3, and as I was reading, I just got hit with, Taylor, you got to share this. So, here I am on the podcast sharing what God has shown me this morning, or this afternoon, I should say, um, in John chapter 3. So, um, I'm just going to pray and we're going to get right into it. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for waking us up this morning and giving us purpose, Lord Jesus. I just pray that we would not take any moment for granted, Lord, but that we would live every second for you. Lord, that we would do everything, whether in word and deed, for your glory, Jesus. That we would glorify you in not only our actions and our words, but in the motivations of our hearts, God, in our thoughts. Lord, help us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to you. And I pray that whatever you would speak today to us, Lord, that it would just capture our hearts, Lord, and ignite our faith to go out and live every single moment for you. God, I pray that you would send people in our lives to encourage us, to keep us going, Lord, that you'd fill us with the Holy Spirit, and then that filling would overflow into the lives of those around us, God, that we would make an impact, leave a legacy, and that we would be people who are known for loving you and loving others. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, just to kind of give a little bit of information, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, um, a Pharisee, in John chapter 3, and he's talking about being born again. Um, I'm just going to read all the way down to 15, and then the real juicy stuff that I'm excited, I'm excited to talk about it all. I mean, it's all juicy. It's all good. Um, Obviously, you know how hyped I get sometimes on these podcast episodes, but... I really want to emphasize uh, 16 through 21. So we'll get down there, but I just want to talk about the beginning first. Um, So chapter 3, verse 1, here we go. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to see Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Just going to pause right there. Remember what this rabbi or what the Pharisee said to Jesus, um, and we're going to come back to that in just a quick second. Um, Verse four: How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, "Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again.'" The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So there's a couple things I want to touch on first in this first section. And the first thing is 
how relatable Nicodemus is in that beginning part. Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one who performs the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And as far as relatable goes, my point in saying that is just, he just acknowledged that he has come from God. Whether he recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah or not, in this sentence is completely different. But he recognized that he came from God. But his life was not changed. He didn't repent. He didn't come to know Jesus truly and give his life to him and live for him but he recognized that he came from God so I mean obviously I have to ask myself this question but how many times do we in life say yes I know who Jesus is I believe in Jesus but yet we don't allow him to radically change our lives we don't give up the thing that he's been asking us to give up to him for days weeks months years but we know he came from God We know he's done all these incredible things. We recognize that he died on the cross. We recognize that he resurrected. But acknowledging that that happened is different than believing it and letting it change your life and change your heart. Because the Bible says that even the demons believe that Jesus is the son of God and they shudder. But they don't repent. They continue to do their evil deeds. Repentance is not for them because Jesus didn't die for angels or demons anyways. He died for human beings. But my point in saying that is simply acknowledging God's existence doesn't do anything unless that acknowledgement turns to faith and that faith turns to action. It's kind of like what James talks about, you know, faith without works is dead. If you say that you believe in something, yeah, sure, you you could say that you have faith in that thing or that person, but if it doesn't change the way that you live, then it's just a title that you just slapped onto yourself, a little sticker, hi, my name is a Christian sticker that you put on your shirt, and that's about it because you're the same person as you were before Christ. And Jesus says that when you come to him, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So if you're still your old self, you, you might want to reevaluate the deep belief that you might think that you have and if you're actually having it or not. Um, and I've had to ask myself that question as well because there was a time before I truly gave my life to Christ and before I truly had the Holy Spirit where I thought I was a Christian and yet my life did not look different. I looked the same as everybody else and I looked the same as the tailor who was before. It, it I wasn't different until I finally just surrendered and the Holy Spirit filled me. And then I was different from the day forward. Only by His grace and only by His mercy um, is that true of my life. Um, But just think about that, you know, take that belief and that acknowledgement of Jesus to heart, take it seriously. Ask Him to, as Romans 12 talks about, renew your mind, to transform your mind, to help you to not conform to the pattern of this world, to put his mind in yours, to give you the mind of Christ. Ask for that. Ask for the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Um, This is a widely debated topic as far as baptism of the Holy Spirit and when you receive. Um, But not everybody receives the Holy Spirit the moment that they believe in Jesus, the moment that they acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, it it's different. Um, the Lord, the Bible says, you know, you give earthly fathers give good gifts to their children, but how much more will 
our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Um, we need to be seeking out that filling of the Holy Spirit. We, I mean, David in the Old Testament, before the Pentecost even happened, the Holy Spirit was given and anointed upon certain people. And, and David was anointed um, by Samuel to become the king of Israel eventually, but he had this anointing and there was moments in, in the Psalms where he begs the Lord not to take his spirit from him. It, it's a conversation. You have to ask for his presence to fill you and to give you the power to live the life that Jesus has called us to live, this life of godliness and holiness um, and this life of faith. We can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to do it fully. Um, we cannot be Christians without the Holy Spirit and you know, there are some people who try, and I used to be one of them. I thought I had it, and I didn't. And I know the moment that I received the Holy Spirit because I I was not the same ever since. And I know it, and I felt it, and I can attest to that. People can attest that. My family can of how different I was. Um, and it was supernatural. It's only something that the Holy Spirit can do. But just really think about that. Um, the next thing... Um, I, I just want to touch on is Jesus' conversation, his response to Nicodemus um, when he's asking, you know, they can't go into the womb again, but how how can this be? Um, and, and Jesus just says, you know, straight up, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water, which is your physical birth and the spirit, your spiritual birth, being born again. It says flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. All over the Bible, it says that do not gratify the desires of the flesh, but gratify the desires of the spirit. And then again, the Bible says, you know, that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. We have to have that spiritual birth, that resurrection power, that supernatural power from the Holy Spirit. If we expect to overcome our sin, if we expect to be able to say no to the things of this world, because the enemy makes it really easy to say yes. He makes it look enticing and fun and feel good, blah, blah, blah. But it's not right. And he'll even try to make things that look good. He'll throw some scripture in there maybe. He'll throw a Christian in there maybe. Or someone who might be thinking that they're a Christian. I don't know. He, he, he's, a crafty, he's a crafty old guy. And he has a lot of his little friends helping him out. Um, so we have to be knowledgeable we have to know um god's word and we have to know the spirit and the spirit must be living and indwelling in us and renewing our minds so that we won't fall to satan's traps um the next thing is in verse 13 he says or sorry 14 just as moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him um there was a story in the Old Testament, and I don't want to mess up the details, but if I remember correctly, uh, the the Israelites had disobeyed the Lord again, and there was these poisonous snakes that were biting people. But um, there was this snake that was on this staff that Moses had to hold up, and if they looked at this snake this on this staff that was being held up, if they fixed their eyes on it, they would be healed of this poisonous snake bite. And if they didn't, they died, um, which is an interesting analogy in and of itself. And maybe I'll do a whole other podcast episode on that. But Jesus is prophesying once again about his death and the type of death he's going to die because he says 
that the Son of Man must also be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So just like everyone looking at that snake to be saved from the poison of the snake that bit them, um, that they would be saved and that they wouldn't die, so as we need to fix our eyes on Jesus and his death on the cross, his payment for our sins and his resurrection, if we expect to overcome the poison of sin and death in our own personal lives. Um, Very, very cool. He's prophesying and making an Old Testament connection to how he he is represented in the Old Testament from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's all about Jesus, and he kind of proves that right here and connect makes that connection. So I always love that part. Um, but then here's here's the part that I really wanted to put emphasis on today, which is verses 16 through 21. So I'm going to go ahead and read those real quick too. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who hates, sorry, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Wow, a lot of good stuff right there. Um, a lot of people know John three sixteen for God to love the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And a lot of people brush over that. But listen, that is powerful. Because if you really break it down, it says that God loved the world. God loved the world. That love was then demonstrated by an action. That action was giving his only son. That action was giving part of himself, his flesh and blood, his spirit himself, to give that up for us, for a chance at a relationship with us. Knowing that some of us are not going to choose him, he gave up his son out of his love. His love turned to action in the form of his son. And whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Whoever keeps their eyes fixed on the Son of Man, whoever keeps their eyes fixed on Jesus and his power and his resurrection and his death on the cross for our sins, we will be saved and no one will die. And then it also says that God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God did not come sending his son to point fingers to say, you suck, you're horrible, I don't like you. No, it was his love that prompted this action of sending his son so that we could be saved. And then it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. So just as Romans 8 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So as as the word is saying here in John 3.18, whoever believes in him is not condemned. All right. But... Whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed. I've talked about this in previous podcasts, but yes, sin condemns us, but the simple state of being in unbelief condemns already. So just the fact that people um, reject Jesus and, and they're in unbelief in, in Jesus Christ, that is their condemnation of just being in unbelief. And so the sin that they commit is just 
piling on top of the foundation of unbelief already that they already have against them. Um, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This part, verse 19 through 21, is where it gets even realer. Um, because it says, This is the verdict, light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And then verse 20 kind of exposes it even further. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. And I don't know about you, but I've definitely been there, even especially when I was a kid and, and pre-Jesus. Um, I did not want people to know about the things that I had done wrong. I wanted to come off as this really perfect, polished person who didn't struggle, who didn't do anything wrong. And when I did do anything wrong, I tried to talk myself out of it, talk my way out of it, you know, kind of fix my little perfect image that I thought I created for myself, which was so far from the truth. Um, but it's because humans fear of their deeds being exposed. Um, when we live in this, this darkness, this, the Bible says it plainly, it's just evil, but in disobedience or unbelief to the Lord, and we hold on to that, we are saying that that has more power in our lives than Jesus does. Because Jesus died for those things that we're holding on to that we won't let be exposed to the light. But it, it calls it out right here that everyone who does those things hates the light and won't come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But that is just a question of our heart's allegiance. Where is our heart's allegiance? Is our heart's allegiance to Christ and to the, to the truth, to the light, to God who has forgiven those things and through our belief in Christ has erased any condemnation that we would have had prior to because of our unbelief? Do we trust that? Do we believe in that? And are we willing to be exposed by his light for the sake of our sanctification, for the sake of his glorification? Are we willing? It says here that people loved darkness instead and that everyone who does that hates the light. So let's not be those people that love darkness instead, that don't want their deeds to be exposed. But let's live openly to the Lord, giving everything up to him, glorifying him for the sins that he has saved us from and freed us from and is in the process of freeing us from so that we can be verse 21, verse 21 people says, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done has been done in the sight of God, regardless of if you believe in God or not, everything that you do is done in the sight of God. God sees all, he knows all, he hears all. He knows everything. He's omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. He's everywhere. He knows all. He hears everything. And I know sometimes that sounds a little wacky and crazy, but I mean, ultimately it's for our benefit. He knows where we're at. He knows what we're struggling with. He's there with us in the midst of it. But it also means that everything that we do, both dark and evil, dark and light things, both good and evil things that we do, he knows about. So it's not even a matter of, oh, if God finds out. No, he knows. It's a matter of if you trust him enough to give it to him. If you believe in what he did on the cross, if you believe that he is the perfect sacrifice, if you believe he is who he says he is, if you believe that he has come from God and that he is God and that he knows God, if you've been born of the spirit, then you will come into the light. So that your deeds can be seen plainly. 
so that you can give the glory to God for the way that he's freed you and forgiven you and has empowered you to not live that life any longer. Y'all, the, the enemy hates to see people set free from their bondage and their sin. But I'm telling you right now that that is the most freeing, amazing feeling to be set free from something that you were once in bondage to. And it's pretty great because it pisses the enemy off as well. And yes, it might shake things up and he might come at you a little bit and he uh, might... There might be some spiritual warfare involved, but just know that he was already defeated. He has been defeated for thousands of years now, and he that defeat will never end. He'll continue to be defeated. And then when Jesus comes back, as I said in my video on Instagram, if, if you all didn't see that, go check it out. But he's going to be thrown into hell where he's going to be punished for all of his wrongdoing that he's committed over the thousands of years that he's been around. He knows where he's going. He knows that his time is up. He knows that his time is running short. So yeah, he he might throw some spiritual warfare in there. He might throw some doubts in your mind. But we fight that through God's word. We fight that through the truth that we've been given. We fight that through the power of Jesus and the victory that he has given to us through his work on the cross and through his resurrection. And we start by believing and acknowledging and having faith in Jesus and we let that seep deep into our hearts let our hearts marinate in that truth and let it change the way we think feel act speak and live so that we can live by the truth in the light that we can live plainly that we can live in the spirit according to the spiritual birth that we have been given I just want to encourage you guys today that the Lord loves you. He loved you so much that he gave his only son for you so that you wouldn't have to live in bondage anymore to anything, to depression, to anxiety, to um, being an alcoholic, to dealing with drugs, to dealing with lust, pornography, masturbation, all of these things that we struggle with in this world. We don't have to be in bondage in chains anymore to those things because Jesus gave us victory and freedom and power. Some of those things won't disappear overnight, but the more that you give over to the Lord on all these different areas of your life, whether it's music that you listen to, the movies, the books that you read, the people you hang out with, the more that you bring the Lord in, the more that you surround yourself with with godly, righteous people, the more time you spend in the word, the more time you spend in the prayer, the more time you spend fleeing from the enemy and resisting him, that's when change and amazing things happen. But you have to start by trusting God, by believing he is who he says he is, and by inviting the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to transform you. So I hope this was an encouragement to you. As always, if you have any questions, please reach out to me on the Instagram, in my email. If you have my phone number, you can text me. Any of those things, please let me know. Eternity is a long time, guys, and Jesus wants to spend it with you, and I want you to spend it with him. Um, think about it. Pray about it. Ask the Lord to reveal himself to you, and I know big things are going to happen. So I'm going to pray us out, and I will send you off. Dear Jesus, I just 
come before you in awe and in gratitude and in thanksgiving for your goodness, for your love for us, and for the power that you have given us, Lord, that is just waiting for us to hold on to that, to use it, Lord, to say no to ungodliness, to say no to the temptations of this life. God, you promise us that you will not allow us to be tempted more than what we can bear, and that you will continue to be faithful and give us a way out of those times. So, Lord, I just pray that you'd fill us up with the Holy Spirit, Lord, that everybody who listens to this episode would just have a a supernatural experience with you, God, that you would show up in big ways in their life, Lord Jesus, that they would feel you and hear you, Lord, that you'd make yourself known to them in ways that they have never seen before, Lord Jesus, that your, their eyes would be open to things that they have never seen, Lord, that their ears would be open to hear your voice speak in loud and clear ways, God. You would quiet the distractions, Lord that Jesus, that you would shut down any plans that the enemy has, Lord Jesus, and you would empower these people to walk through these times of spiritual warfare, of difficulty, of temptation, in the victory that you, Jesus, have given to us through your death on the cross. And Lord, I just pray that our hearts would be transformed, our minds would be transformed, God, and that we would live every moment and every second of every day for you. Lord Jesus, that you continue to sanctify us, to make us more like you, to conform us to the image of you. Lord, that our lives would be marked by love for you and love for other people, God, by holiness and righteousness, Lord, that you would create in us a deep hunger and thirst for your word, a deep hunger and thirst for righteousness, Lord, that we would just soak in every moment that we can get with you, Lord Jesus, and that you would be our number one priority over anything else in the world, God, that you would give us boldness and courage and the willpower and the strength to gratify the desires of the Spirit and not of the flesh, God, and that we would do everything it takes to follow you, no matter the cost, God. That you would embolden us to share the gospel with all those around us, Lord, walking by at the grocery store, at the beach, in the mountains, wherever we are, Lord, that we would share your love and that we would share the gospel with others. Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to get on here and to talk about you, Lord Jesus, and to glorify you. And I pray, Lord, that this would get to the people it needs to get to. Lord, that you would speak to who needs to hear this, that they would be led and guided to this place, this moment right now, God, to hear your voice and to experience you. And Lord, I pray all of these things in the most powerful and mighty name of Jesus. Amen.